0: George Salamis, President and CEO of Integra Resources. Uh, Integra Resources is in the process of developing a very large gold silver project in southwestern Idaho with 5 million ounces of total resources.
1: George, thanks very much for coming on the show and thanks for uh, picking up the phone to answer our questions. Last time we spoke, PFS came out. You're quite pleased with it. Uh, Market didn't like it so much. Uh, It looks like you feel you needed to. recoup the situation somehow you seem to put out some simplified strategy document here. Why have you done that?
0: Matt so so essentially what happened was we put out a PFS during the peak of inflation right the very first study of the year by a pre development company we took our licks for it. I felt that a lot of uh, the investing public didn't quite understand you know the, the the measure of inflation that occurred in this study and were confused. And so we took took a. But uh, but
1: George, that's on that's on you, not them, right? Uh,
0: That's on us, correct? That's on us, absolutely. Uh, From a timing perspective, could not have been a worse time to put out a a PFS study that showed a lot of inflation, right, Uh, in there. So, in in our soul searching uh, measure that we that we employed to basically drill down to what is the core of the project, the core of the project really is the heap leech. It's the it's the financial engine of the project relative to everything else. It it accounted for three quarters of the net present value of the project in the end of the day. So we've taken the decision now before we start permitting, before we stick a shovel in the ground, to focus just on the heat leach because it is that financial engine. We can develop this this project with. Uh, much lower capex. It lowers opex. It lowers permitting risk. It lowers financing risk. It lowers execution risk. And why not do this right now? We're do, we're taking the decision that this is the right thing for the shareholders right now in these inflationary times. Okay, you, we're, keep, we're you keep you keep mentioning inflationary up.
1: times, George. But you know, right? And your, PS, your PFS. I think you were one of the first companies to actually sort of in, include sort of real world numbers in, in a PFS. Uh-huh. Perhaps you say timing. Was not your friend at that point, but I suspect there'll be more companies having to step up and produce some studies to include those numbers. Um, can we expect to see more of the same out there in the marketplace? Do you, do you think that um, that's the reality of where we're at?
0: It's the reality of where we're at right now. Um, and understand that this isn't a knee-jerk reaction to that. This is this is this is a combination of two things, sort of responding to the inflationary times that we're in. But also targeting a project that's much lower risk from a, a development and execution perspective, financing perspective, just for a myriad of, of reasons. This this more simple project build that will produce about 136,000 ounces a year of gold equivalent is the right thing to do right now. We can always look at mill expansions later on, you know, once the project is up up and running and cash flowing and doing all of those great things. For now, this is the right project to permit and develop um, for Integra and its shareholders, there is no question
1: about that. Well, all the made all the more difficult with the fact that you've been on a, on a slide for the last twelve months, down to 100 million bucks uh, market cap. It's hard to get finance uh, when you're you're showing that kind of trajectory, not without it costing you a lot of money. So, give me some of the numbers. This is, give me some of the savings. You know, I, I need to believe that this is a better solution and not just another solution.
0: So, so some of the sort of key metrics that we're looking at in terms of numbers. So, as I mentioned earlier, seventeen uh, percent reduction in all-in sustaining costs. That's a pretty significant um, drop, down to eight hundred and thirteen dollars an ounce all-in sustaining. You know, that's that's a great margin. Uh, doesn't matter what gold price that you want to use in your price deck, right? So that provides surety of payback and it reduces uh, the time to pay back. All of those, all of those key things that financiers will look for. Um, one of the, the the sticker shock factors of the PFS that we put out six or seven weeks ago was the capital, the, the inflation that, that crept into the capital. I would love to say that there was something that we could have done about that. I would love to say mea culpa for that inflation. There's nothing we could do about that. So how are we dealing with it? Well, we're chopping off about uh, $235 million from the total capex of the project. So very substantial amount of capital, reduction I think from a financing uh, point of view that that should add confidence and security of payback to future financing okay
1: so we'll, we'll talk to me what it looks like okay heap leach that's the way forward you can talk about mills and so forth at a later I get it possibly when you're in a, a cash flowing position uh, that's a very very different type of, of financing arrangement for that so heap leach the heap leach will deliver you 136 thousand ounces a year. So we saying
0: that's correct. Yeah. Okay. That's that's the that's the average production level for for the project as we're proceeding for uh, forward with today. Uh, it it'll generate over a hundred million dollars of cash flow on an annual basis. So you know a, a really strong project and not complicated to build. That's another thing, right? There the execution risk on this relative to to um, say adding on a mill is, is you know an order of magnitude of difference. In terms of the initial capEx that we're looking at, you know we're looking at a 10% reduction for, of initial CapEx, but sort of a whopping sort of225 million million less uh, sustaining capital to add onto the project. You know, funds that were originally earmarked to go from the heap leach to build the mill is no longer going to be the case for now right we can make that decision in the future once once we're up and running once this once we're happily sort of producing a lot of gold and silver and generating a lot of cash flow under the right conditions, we can relook at that sulfide processing optionality. But for now, this is the lower cost project to build.
1: Okay, good. let's, let's keep it really simple here. You're going to need how much capex to get the heat bleach um, program running? How long is that going to take? Where are you with permits, licensing, etc., in, in terms of the the the, the delays that may uh, occur? I want to know when you get into production. If You're talking 136,000 ounces. Uh, I want to know what that ramp up is because the ASIC of you know 800 bucks. I mean, wow. What's it going to cost you to get there, though?
0: So, the the pre production uh, capex for this project to get us there is $270 million, which includes 20% contingency. And let's sort of, you know, bear in mind that the costing for this project was done at what might be the peak of inflation. You mentioned it earlier, Matt. You know, this was done, uh, this was a project that was costed out in January. I mean, things could not have gotten worse from an inflationary perspective. From our point of view, supply chains were squeezed, costs were squeezed, we saw you know, 65% uh, inflation in things like earthwork, steel, 35%, cement, 30%, things like that. Is it going to get worse? Who knows? I don't know. I can't predict the future. But all I'm saying is we're responding to that with a lower uh, CapEx scenario that gets us into a really decent range of production In the end of the day. To your question regarding permitting, and let's kind of start from scratch because you know this is all about permitting, uh, financing, development, and execution, right? So, from a permitting perspective, relative to what we were contemplating earlier, permitting just to heap leach is far easier. We're talking about less surface acreage of disturbance because we're not talking about big milling operations, big tailings facilities. For now, we're talking about using about. 60% less water. Water is a big, big thing in the context of U.S. permitting. Water usage is huge in the Western U.S. and the the permitting authorities want to know about, about that more than anything else. If we're now contemplating something that's gonna use 50, 60% less water, that makes permitting easier. Um, From a milling perspective, really clear, right? So the mill is is designed to treat sulfide. When you treat sulfide, there's, there's a component of potential acid generation, which comes for that. If we're no longer contemplating milling for now, we can revisit it in the future once we're up and running, but for now, that makes our permitting iterations much much easier. Power usage goes down significantly uh, in the absence of the mill as well. So, from a permitting perspective, it makes a heap of sense.
1: Right. So that's lower permitting risk, lower development risk. because You're not building a building a mill, um, mm-hmm. so that speeds the whole thing up. So, come back to my the important question for me was: How quickly can you get through that process? And get into cash flowing position because 136,000 ounces, whatever that ramp up period is, I'm, in, I'm very interested in that because we, you know when we're looking at some of the some other uh, producers out there, when you're when you're getting near producing 100,000 ounces a year, you're a 500 million dollar company. You're currently a 100 million dollar company um, right. with not too expensive capex uh, or, or sustaining capital to kind of get you there. So I, I, I'm interested, but I want to know how long that's going to take.
0: So, from a permitting perspective, we're still estimating about three years, and and you know, despite the fact that we, you know we're cutting out a lot of of uh, from from the permitting work that we have to do because we're not focusing on mill mill construction at some stage in this current permitting iteration, the work that goes into permitting is is, is the work that goes into in, into permitting. Um, so, I would love to sit here and say I mean, we can shave, you know half a year a year off the permitting iteration but for now I'm just let's just keep it at three years and I'm going to be conservative in, in saying so it's the work that goes that that goes into the scope of the project that is vastly reduced the cost of permitting is going to be reduced because we're not looking at a big milling situation we're not looking at you know massive amount of condemnation drilling to drill off say a plant site or a um, or a big tailings facility um, all of those things they really add up um, the fact that we're not generating you know potentially acid um, causing you know tailings and waste is a big big number and permitting again, we don't have to go down that road
1: for now right so permitting process is another three years, presumably another couple of years to kind of get get up to optimum well, you tell me come back to the question when does this thing actually start producing gold?
0: So, so let's talk about you know beyond the three years of permitting. Let's just let's just assume we get our record of decision having gone through a fairly easy period of, of, of permitting iterations. Um to, to ramp up to capacity in the heap leach, yeah, it doesn't take long. We we estimate about a year to get to full capacity on on that note. But again, so let's now contemplate in the absence of a mill what that looks like. Instead of going from building the heap leach. Having it running for a period of a year, then contemplating another expansion straight out of the gate, we're not talking about that anymore. We're talking about collecting the cash flows from this heap leach operation, paying down debt, whatever means of financing um, that that will be employed to to get there to the finish line, and not plowing them into a two hundred and fifty million dollar mill expansion. Instead, you know quickening the payback of the project and then you maybe using those those funds to expand the heap leach. We think that there's a lot more oxide that can be added to the heap leach uh, mine life if we're talking about just a heap leach alone. It just adds a whole uh, reduced level of complexity when it comes to financing. If I was a financier, for example, I would say, okay, um, you're building a a heap leach and you're building a mill within a year, wow, that's going to extend my payback. uh, out into the future, uh, you're, you know all that free cash flow that you're generating from that heap leach while well, you're, you're plowing it into to a mill. So I'm not, I'm not too sure about that. Whereas if we're just focusing on a heap leach that's gonna be generating $100 million a year of, of cash flow, you know, pay down the debt, use that to expand the heap leach, use that to continue growing the, the resource base beyond 5 million ounces. And then at some stage when the conditions are right, then maybe you look at sulfide expansion, mill expansion, high grade production, all of those things. Let's just focus now on what's simple and easily attainable.
1: Right. So you reduce cost, you've made you simplified permitting and development, um, cost the cost of money when you get to that point. Okay, I get that. But the time frame, that's gonna be because what I want to ask you is like, why should people invest in you? Because we're talking three years. Um, permitting maybe another year to get you know get in, get in production. We're four years out from cash flow, free cash flow, 100 million bucks a year. I like it. That, that's over what? So eight, eight years at syndicating here, is that right? Right. Okay.
0: Yeah. So so why should people invest in this today? I mean, there's a couple of no-brainer points there, Matt. Um, you know, one of them is uh, standalone heap bleach operations in in let's just call it North America are pretty rare. In terms of those that are owned or not owned by major producers right now, this will be one of the largest ones out there. And on a comparable basis, if you look at our three or four other comps out there, they're all trading at two to twelve times our current value. Um, there's a there's a big value discrepancy that I feel probably was caused by when we put out the the, the PFS. No question about that. The ambiguity regarding what, what it is, what kind of project we're going to build. We're getting rid of all of that crap right now. We're just drilling right to the bone. This is what we're going to do. Easily permittable, easily financeable, gets us to a good production range. And if you look at it at us on a relative valuation basis, that there's, there's a no-brainer gap to be made up. That's point number one. Point number two is we've got a lot of low-hanging fruit on this project in terms of oxide upside. And you know we've done our internal calculations. You know what are the best ounces for us to find for now? The best, easiest ounces for us to find and add to future mine plans are the oxide heap bleachable ounces. They're cheap, they're easy to find, they're near surface. We know of at least three areas where we've got something that looks like half a million to a million ounces of oxide heat bleachable potential. Think about what that looks like when you start to add that on to eight years of heat bleach mine life. Now you're talking 10, 12 years of, of potential heat bleach production. And, and I'm not even talking about sulfide production now. I mean, sulfide can be our problem or somebody else's in the future. We're just dealing what's easier and more manageable for us right now uh, what's more manageable for us and our shareholders right now, and that's the heap leach.
1: Okay, fine. I, I I get the the laser focus on what makes sense, or where where the bulk of the money is to be made. I get it. Okay, uh, and and the time frame is the bit that I still come back to, right? Okay, which is, and I, I you can go and find some 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 oxide near surface, at surface uh, may add half a million, one million ounce on on those. On, times 3, um, extend yep. the life of mine. That's brilliant. But you're also going to need some other stories to kind of keep this of interest, right? Yep. Um, and that that can be th- through the exp- expiration that you're talking about with the oxides, or it can be doing other things on other properties. And my question is, how do you finance that, just to kind of keep and sustain interest and growth as part of your story?
0: okay well so so maybe maybe it kind of it, it behooves us at this point to talk about our, our expiration track record, uh, record right Our you know what we've done we started out with this project four and a half years ago with zero resources and reserves our first resource estimate that came out was I believe two and a half million ounces uh, the second one was three and change and we're now at five right so we've got a great track record of, of, of expiration success it costs us relatively speaking about, uh, I think it's the, the latest figures around $10 an ounce to, to, to find uh, an ounce in the ground with our drilling programs. Our shareholders know one thing about this project. It's a big, big area and there's a lot of exploration potential. I mean, Florida Mountain, for example, is a great example. We've been putting out high-grade results there um, on a project we believe half million to a million ounces of high grade is easily attainable. It's going to require more drilling, no question about that. But none of that has even figured into any element of any study whatsoever, be it a resource estimate, be it a, a, an economic study. So there's there's that there's that to wait for as we march ourselves into production. There's that option uh, expiration upside optionality, and in the background, obviously, you know, with respect to the. The sulfide portion of the 5 million ounces of resources that we have, you know, we can we can work in the background to improve sulfide recoveries substantially. Not to say that we're going to focus on any form of development of those sulfides for now, maybe at some point in the future when we're cash flowing and in operation and and everybody's happy. Yeah. But in the background, we can do things to optimize sulfide recoveries. For us or somebody else at some point in the future, and so there's there's all that optionality on the project which hasn't gone anywhere. We haven't given up any value whatsoever in this new strategy. That optionality remains preserved, and we'll be poking away at that optionality over the course of three years while we're in in permitting mode.
1: Right. Okay, but you you, you get my point here. Is it's it's, yep. it's a long point till you get into cash flow. You've got yeah. a bunch of ideas which you've now talked about being able to do, which may create some value or, or certainly you know, be able to talk, talk about a growth story, add some answers, uh, in, in, albeit possibly inferred. Um, but all the while, no revenue coming in, possibly raising capital, burning through capital, big GNA. and it, you know, people people would be nervous about that. So th- th- that's why they're looking to you and going, I, "Okay, I would say what I've heard from you today about your plan about just getting down to the bare bones of it um, with regards to um, you know the the, the 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 mixed oxide resource um, expansion ex- stuff. Brilliant, um, but we're sitting around waiting for per, for for, permit, for permitting to happen. You're doing a bunch of stuff. It's all going to cost money. Is this just a dilution story?
0: So from a, a financing perspective, and it's a question that comes up and let's kind of first tackle G&A, right? There's, there's, a, there's a conception with respect to uh, the investing public out there that our g is high. What people need to dive into on those GNA numbers is, is our G&A also um, involves site maintenance. We inherited this site from Kinross as, as a past producing operation. We have an obligation as stewards, good stewards of the environment, good corporate citizens, to maintain that and there's a cost to that and the, that the cost is you know 2 million dollars just for the work that we need to do to maintain the site right but that's a fixed cost but it's part of our site gna which is figures into our overall gna there's the staff on site that need to do that that's all fixed but that's the cost of doing business on a 5 million 5 million ounce gold equivalent asset out there that will become a very stellar he pleach. You know, in a short amount of time, the next three years, that's our belief in terms of how to finance next. And I know it's a big question that comes up, hundred million market cap, the finish line is three years away. How the heck are you going to get there? How are you going to finance it? Understand that again, with this strategy becomes, we believe um, a reduction in the cost of capital, right? If we're talking about a project that's going to cost less to build, less to produce, that makes our, our financiers Happy, happy, yeah, or we hope, and gives them the confidence that we're going to get to the finish line. Cost of capital increases, dilution decreases. Again, another couple points here. We've got a lot of buttons to push to from a financing perspective. Five million ounces of gold equivalent in the ground, 120 million ounces of silver within that, right? Um, lots of things you can do with that. You know, at some point in the future, you can look at streaming options. You can look at um, royalty options. Things like Florida Mountain, for example, which is really the big driver of economics of the project, has a zero royalty load on it currently, right? So there's there are things that we can do on that end as we get closer to the finish line to minimize dilution, and that's the way we see it. Um, you know, I would love to say hand over heart, Matt, that. We don't need to raise a single dime between now and the finish line. Yeah, but no, that's not the case. But we're so far, you know, our track record of raising money has been very successful. And, you know, do we have to raise money right now? No. Right. And we're going to pick the optimal time. That's one thing that Integra has been successful at doing is picking optimal windows to raise capital. We did an Integra Gold, we're going to do it again, or we have been doing it again at Integra Resources. No different this time
1: around. What do you think the thing is that's going to drive the share price back up to a point where you think, okay, this makes sense to raise money at, at, at these values, or I can achieve a premium to today's price because of what I have done? Is, is it this statement of intent today? Because you know this, this is a, a you know I don't know how firm these numbers are. Um, I, I don't know. Can, can you put a marker on the sign and go right? We, we stand behind the numbers we're, which we're putting out to market here. Where, where have these come from, precisely.
0: Yeah. So, so for the the regarding the firmness of these numbers, they come straight out of a PFS that was delivered you know six seven weeks ago. Uh, a study that was costed in in January at you know the the the, the very peak or the summit maybe of inflation. And supply chain constraints, so you'd have to, you know, expect that these costs are really real. And so we're, you know, in a project where we're talking about seventy-two percent less sustaining capital, um, you know, lower uh, pre-production capital to get us to the finish line. Things things should be easier. That message should be very simple. We're building a simple project here. We're not looking at at, at kicking a goal straight out of the gate, right? We're going to get there in steps. And that step is, the first step is the easiest one in our view, the lowest risk one in our view is to start off with this heap leach.
1: So why didn't you do this for, uh, out of the gate? Why, why, why did you go for the milling route? What was the benefit well, of that?
0: So, I mean, one, one of the things that we looked at over the course of last year when, you know, inflation wasn't exactly an issue, um, we were very much of, let's stay the course and and look at... The dual scenario of a heap leach plus a mill. It wasn't until the end of last year, early this year, that we we had the holy crap moment. You know, inflation is a thing here, and it's real. And how did these costs get to where they are? Well, they're real costs, and it is what it is. Nothing we can do about that. Um, But by that point, we we had gone down so far down the line with this study of showing the combined scenario. We thought, okay. You know, our shareholders will get the optionality of heap leach or heap leach plus mill. Maybe that was ambiguous for shareholders. So Today, what we put out is an unequivocal statement. The heap leach is what we're building. It's lower cap- uh, capex, lower opex, easier to permit, easier to finance, all of those things. Our shareholders were saying, show us the direction you're going in and
1: this is it. Okay. I think I, I, yeah, I, I suspect you took one for the team back in, um, you know, b- back in March, uh, with, with the P- PFS and, and sort of showing what infl- the actual real world effects of, um, inflation is going to do to the mining business. Um, and quite a few people who were putting out studies decided not to, uh, for, for, for that reason. But look, look, George, I like, appreciate you coming and being, you know, fairly robust with your response. And I, you know, I think the plan makes, a lot of sense, and it certainly, will. as it, with my banking hat on, it makes a lot of sense that you you go you go down this route. Um, I just kind of you know. I hope the market reacts uh, positively uh, to it as well. And what, what, what if I if I let you have the fin- finishing word here? How should I know? Institutions will get it because fin- the numbers stack up. What would you say to retail investors?
0: I think the retail investors uh, will focus on two things. Obviously, hopefully they'll like the the, the vastly reduced CAPEX and, and OPEX that we're talking about. Hopefully, they'll get the reduced permitting uh, burdens on us with this, with this heap leach standalone strategy. What I really hope that they get and understand is the upside potential uh, and optionality of this project, which is still preserved in this in this scenario it hasn't gone any w- away um, we haven't lost any value on that on those on the optionality on the expiration upside it's still there it's not going anywhere and we'll continue to make it bigger as as we march through permitting we're never going to stop expiration we've got something between 15 and 20,000 meters of expiration planned for this year alone to go after the, you know, several areas of what I call low hanging fruit and will continue to, to, to poke away at Florida Mountain from a high grade perspective. Um, so that none of that is gone. You've got 138,000 ounces a year, 136,000 ounces a year of heap leachable, low cost production. And you've got all this expiration upside optionality, which is preserved.